you are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, so thank you again, uh, as always, Colin, for the opportunity to share. So I'm actually going to start. Are we on? Are we on? Um, oh, right. Uh, so I'm going to start actually with uh, how many people are familiar with uh, your homemade perfect? Okay, so your homemade perfect is a show uh, that's hosted by Angela Scanlon. Okay, and uh, the basic premise is that people want their home redesigned, right? And they have a budget to do that, and two architects come and they do the designs for the couple that want their home sorted out. And then what they do is they put on virtual reality headsets and they actually, right before their eyes, show their house being deconstructed. The walls fall down, the chairs disappear, the furniture evaporates, and they show their new design right in front of their eyes where the old things were. Right, so that's an example of, and they go, wow, wow that's am- that's amazing. And it actually is very good, like clever special effects are of really enabling you to see what's going on. Ah, right, that that's what would happen. And invariably, there's a set of bifold doors and skylights that just seems to be everywhere for everything these days to let the, the light in. Um, and in the course of the message, uh, we're going to uh, deconstruct some worldviews. You're going to put on your uh, headsets and you're going to see things slightly differently. Now, a worldview is defined um, or basically is like a lens that filters, distracts, distorts and deflects and ultimately darkens what we're looking at. And the the, the source of that can be uh, where we grew up, where we were educated. It could be Uh, our uh, gender, a whole lot of things that have caused us to view the world in a certain way through a a certain perspective. And if you remember, when I've talked about this before, I've put on sunglasses because the effect is that you just don't see things the way you should, but you don't, this is the key part, you don't realize that you're looking through that darkened lens. You don't realize that that is your assumed view of reality. For us, when we're looking through things with our worldview, we're unaware of the existence of, of the worldview frequently. And we just, that's the way it is. Uh, that's our reality. This is it. And that's the way we view things. So through simple observation and revelation of the Spirit, we're going to put on our headsets and we're going to look at things slightly differently. We're going to deconstruct things and, and build things up. And I encourage you to receive and respond to what the Spirit's doing. Do not yield to condemnation because we're Romans uh, 8 uh, house and we don't do that. Okay? Um, and embrace conviction. So we're doing lifesavers and uh, we're, as part of lifesavers, we want to not just memorize Scripture uh, and uh, memorizing scripture, I always uh, I'm taken back to uh, when I was in. We had uh, summer clubs, Bible clubs, uh, those sort of week long. If you're a leader, just exhausting, mad, intense uh, times where you get a massive amount of children in a very small place. Who are, uh, usually they've just finished school, so they're going buck mad. And as part of the the morning or evening or afternoon activities, there's a memory verse. Right, and that can be everything from there's a row of people and they've all got balloons, and uh, uh, we we have to learn the verse or keep repeating it. So there's the the corporate rope we just go over and over again, and then somebody, do you want to pin Gareth? Do you want to pin? And Gareth he runs up and he pops a balloon, so we can't see. What, well, what's the word? What's the word for that? And then Tessie, do you want to pin? You? Oh yes, yes, yes. And you go and hit a few. And then at the end of it, everybody's standing there. Nobody's got a balloon. There are no words there. What's the verse? Memorization. And but we want to be more than that. We want to assimilate the verses as well, so that we can own the verse 
and the verse owns us. And I'm going to expand more on that later. And there's no punishment and there's no performance reward in this endeavor. All right? So, uh, first deconstruction, worldview deconstruction. We'll put our VR sets on. It's my observation and it's my conclusion that our reluctance sometimes to recite the verse when asked could have a number of contributing factors, right? Uh, and two of them would be, uh, it's out of respect and modesty. But we're in a house where we're supposed to be uh, transparent and ease. So I'll give you that, but uh, probably not really. But in our wee country, I see two negative influences that I want to bring into the light. I want to uh, deconstruct and construct something different to set us uh, free we have our education system, and this uh, church is packed full of teachers, and you're not, uh, you don't get excused from it either, because it's your experience as well. Uh, we have our education system, and we have our evangelical religious worldview that we must have the right theology. And what that produces in us is a need and a pressure to have the right answer. We cannot be wrong. We, we don't be wrong. Even if we actually do know the right answer, we're just not going to risk it. And as my grandmother used to say to me, if you're going to say anything, say nothing. Right? So uh, when we ask anybody who wants the, the verse, uh, that sometimes kicks in. So we want to pull that down and we want to release you from that need and pressure to have the right answer. We want uh, you to know that this is a safe place to feel. Uh, it produces ease and flow and freedom. Well, if it's a, a safe place to, to feel, you're actually speaking failure over my life. What, what we've experienced is when people know it's a safe, one of the reasons why we fail and make mistakes is we get under so much pressure. Uh, what is it? Uh, 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 and our mind goes blank and we, we don't know what to do. When it's a safe place to fail, we're not expecting people to fail, but we're saying it's not a problem if you do. So just relax and you actually find that everything's easier. I used to play a lot of tennis. That was the, my first sport. And when somebody served and the ball was just out, very frequently you'd knock it back to him, but because the ball was out, you weren't actually playing the point. And some of the best shots I ever played in my life was returning a ball that was out. Because I just relaxed and I just leaned into it. And I was like, ooh, I wish that was in. Uh, so when, we, when we're relaxed, uh, and I don't mean like we don't care, I just mean when we're not under that pressure, we have freedom and things flow. And we're all learning as destination disciples. We're all learning as destination disciples. And if you ever hear anybody say that they have arrived, you want the, the lights to come on because there's, there's something happening there, alarm bells. You should be very worried if anybody says they've got it all down because we're all learning. So we want to not just memorize, we want to assimilate and we essentially have two options. Option one is we need to have a vision and a value to do it. Or option two, we submit to the leadership in this house calling us to do so in the act of faith and obedience, effectively come under the leadership's vision and value to do it, as led by the Holy Spirit this time. Also in the year of choose who you want to be and the year of new things, both thrilling and stretching. And then again, we want to put on our VR headsets because we have a, a certain worldview about things that call, we want to pull that down and we want to build something up. And it's a sad reality of our times that there are specific words and the word almost in and of itself have become controversial, have become weaponized, toxic, cancelled, and are almost to be avoided. Just don't put it in the sentence because it just, it just causes a, a, a reaction. Um, uh, for example, the word woke. So the word, word woke is an adjective derived from African-American vernacular English, uh, and it means to alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. And it began in the 20th, uh, 2010s, and it came to encompass a broader awareness of social 
inequalities such as racial injustice, sexism, and LGBT rights. Now, listen to what the Oxford Dictionary describes the word woke as. Aware of social and political issues, especially racism. Full stop. But then it goes on and says, this word is often used in a, a disapproving way by people who think that some other people are too easily upset about these issues or talk too much about them in a way that does not really change anything. So people who, who own the word woke no longer use the word woke because if they say woke, people go, oh, you're a, and especially in America, you're a democratic, social, liberal, uh, same-sex, uh, loving communists or, and they just like throw them out because they said the word woke. So the people who would consider themselves woke in the proper definition of the term don't use the, the term anymore. It's, it's just been almost, there's no point using it. It's, it's just lost its, uh, its value in, in the English language. And unfortunately, I think the word submission in the context of biblical discipleship has had its true meaning somewhat undermined. And even some in some aspects, uh, cancelled due to the action and or the reaction of humanity. So for some, submission equals control. Submission equals manipulation, abuse, uh, misogyny and subjection of women and other minorities. And I, I could say, so uh, this is a very dated reference. Uh, Tish, you remember the, the wrestling on Saturday afternoon? Uh, and uh, you could win by submission. So as a little eight-year-old, and it was terribly uh, um, scripted and all the rest of it, uh, the person was on top, uh, 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 and then suddenly they get thrown off, but sometimes they would put them in a crowd's bend or whatever it was called, and it would be a, a submission that goes up. A submission goes to Mick McManus or whoever it happened to be. And uh, so submission when I was a kid always meant that it was the defeat and the domination of the vanquished and it was the spoils to the victor. That's what submission was about. Because I actually said that and I, I, I listened to it. But that is not what biblical submission is all about. And the antidote to misuse or abuse is right use. Biblical submission is a voluntary response to a call and invitation of either absolute or delegated sovereign authority. So it's either God or it's his delegated uh, authority on earth. And as always, our model and the answer is Jesus. Philippines 2, 5, 8, and the message says, Think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived like a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Jesus was a signpost to the Father. John 14, 9 says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The me in this verse is the God-man, but with his divinity, his divinity set aside. He was human vessel in voluntary submission to the Father, empowered by the Spirit, just like us. Jesus literally was saying, come and see. As your leaders, we are simply signposts pointing the way beyond ourselves to the destination, Jesus Christ, who is now risen and victorious because of his submission to the Father. Back to the passage in Philippines 2, 9-11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Paul stated to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 
and Willard comments on that verse, what we must understand in these words, that these words indicate not a marginal, personal oddity, but a pervasive core practice. Everybody understood it. Willard's simply saying, this was and therefore this is the biblical worldview with regards to submission. Let's get our eyes open to what submission is. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work may be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. We are here. Colin and I are here to serve God first and foremost. But... In serving him, we serve you. And we are seeking his leadership and direction, John John 5, 19. And as best we're able to discern, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit that Lifesavers is on. So submit and come and see. We're not forcing you to submit. There's no manipulation, power plays, uh, abuse. We're just saying, submit. Submit and come and see. If you submit, if you submit, not to us, but to the process, if you submit and come on this journey, I guarantee you will assimilate. You will develop a value and a vision and your mind will be renewed. Romans 11.2, coming up in the next few weeks. You will become more whole. You will have peace. You will have joy. You will have faith. You will be solid because you will own these verses and these verses will own you. Revelation 19.10 says, the witness of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We become witnesses and prophets to the Christ that is in us. Come and see. Hey, we're all having tea and toast. Hey, we're, we're doing this thing on a, on a Wednesday morning because uh, I you know you're coming back from night shift. Come and see. We've got smoke. Come and see. What are they coming? They're coming to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And in going in this journey, we get more of him in us and through us. So uh, this brings a seamless uh, link to uh, the verse Colin sort of did a, a little pre uh, it's a very short pre-preach before the message. But how are we doing on the journey of assimilating lifesavers? And don't forget to uh, remember that there's no punishment or performance reward. What word would you describe the process? If you'd, if you'd one word, just this whole process that we've been on. Anybody want to give me a word? Just a word. Informative. Informative. Relevant. The number of times that uh, uh, we try to assimilate a verse, it just seems to be so. It just seems to be so relevant. Why is that the case? Well, that's the case because it's live. It's it's living, and you're living, and it's living, and what do you know? The two come together, and it really helps. So, uh, the first verse was. Does anybody know the address? Yes. Proverbs 15.4, and it goes by, anybody? Yes, depend, because there, there are two phrases and different versions have them the other way around. The one that I've learned is a soothing tongue is a tree of life, and a deceitful or a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Uh, and I hope you heard the soothing tongue about submission. And if you feel at all condemned as a result of that, uh, uh, you want to get that out and have a look at it. Why do you feel condemned when you shouldn't feel condemned about things like that? Uh, Perhaps that's just a cheap shot by the enemy trying to uh, rattle your cage and and, and poke you about that. They're talking about submission. Or or maybe you've had a a worldview that's been built because you've been hurt, uh, you've been disappointed, you've been manipulated, you've been power played in the situations, and the word submission is a, uh, I, oof, don't be using that word here. And if that's you, 
uh, and, or you're, you're listening to the podcast uh, as a man, uh, as a, a leader in, in the church, uh, I, I want to say sorry if that's your experience. Uh, I want to say that is not what we're about. We're about freedom and we're about a life, about life and we're about the submission that Jesus Christ demonstrated so that he could be exalted. And as we demonstrate uh, submission, he can come and work in us and through us. One more point about with regards to submission and life savers. If we are the delegated sovereign spiritual authority in the house, right? Then the invitation to submit and assimilate life savers is in effect submitting and uh, uh, to the living words of those words that we're trying to learn, but it's actually the living words of the living word, Jesus Christ. Right? Let me repeat that. Life series is in effect submitting to the living words of the living word, Jesus Christ. And as I've unpacked before, James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And the other word for flee is vanish. In doing that, in simply submitting, we are resisting the enemy and things happen as a result of that. If we're going to do, you know what? I'm just going to submit to this. You will be surprised and I guarantee you will be transformed by the process. So the rest of the message, uh, I want to focus on ways we might memorize and assimilate lifesavers and the application of this week's verse. So last week's message, we, uh, Colin, again, he, he touched on it, uh, but he did a, uh, an exercise or a demonstration. He pulled out three chairs and put on uh, the three chairs uh, bread, uh, different types of bread, water, and, and honey as symbols of God's word and asked us up t- to experience that. How did people find that experience? A little smirk from Gareth there. So what, you shouldn't have called. I made eye contact. So what, what did you, what did, how did you find that? Right, bit random, because this is a transparent, can we say that we thought the, the, the lead pastor in this church was a bit random last Sunday? What about anybody else? I liked it because that's how probably I learned. Right, because you're actually doing something. Okay, anybody else? Well, I got a I, personal tra- uh, transparency. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at, now you bear in mind that I have been... Uh, under the tutelage of Hillary for the last uh, 40 years, who's uh, not well this morning. Uh, uh, sorry, she can't be here. But when I saw, Colin said to Anna, something like, throw the chairs out. I was going, should we not have these like neatly presented and all that rather than just like throw them out there? It's all a bit slapdash. And then I realized, hold on, what's actually going on here? There's a wee religious spirit coming up here saying, it has to be a certain way. We have to do it a certain way. We should, you know, we should... Uh, have reverence for what we're doing, what we're communicating. But actually, I realize that that is the point that Colin's making. It's here. It's available. It's so readily available, the Word of God. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to open that package? Well, he hasn't put it on a paper plate with a wee napkin. And they're not all evenly, like, so what I did to open it and get, get, get in? To actually take the bread out or just stick my hand and take a, a lump of bread and put it in my mouth? How's that work? And I find it actually, yeah, that's, that, we, we have a personal, we want to get after this, we have a personal responsibility. It's your life, we can hammer this home, although we're not hammering it home, we're just inviting you to come and to see and to submit to the, the process. But we can go on and on about that, unless you're going to actually open the package, you're not going to be able to get it. We have a personal responsibility to go after it. And I find that actually helpful. And sometimes the random stuff makes us look at things a different way. It causes us to put on a, effectively the VR set and see things. He's like, that's just, and sometimes it can be very helpful. So, uh, the process of the assimilation is that our system is now armed, if we get it. And Hopefully, it's armed in a way that rather than there's been a breach and I'm now feeling crushed, we realize that there's a, there's a knock on the door, the ring the bell. You have the, what is it, ring, what is the thing that you call that you, you can see? 
who's at the front door, the, the doorbell, whatever it's called. But actually your system is so you can see there's a crushing spirit waiting outside with the package, with the accusation that's underneath the arm. And am I going to open the door and let it in or not? And that's basically what the, you are armed with, crushing spirit. Invitation. You're armed. That's what we're after. So ways to memorize and assimilate scripture. Personal testimony. I think I have learned hundreds of verses over the decades. And I have flashcards to prove it in my drawer. Now, at this point, don't go all subjective on me and go, well, he's learned lots of verses and he can do it and I can't. Ask me how many verses that I actually can recite. If you just went into that pile of flashcards, pick one out and said, Andrew, 1 Chronicles 24 verse 17 is, I think the percentage of verses that I would be able to repeat or I would know would be extremely low. Probably, uh, in truth, shockingly low. But that actual form of questions is, is there's a religious uh, questioning and, and, and approach to that that's not actually that helpful. But from my efforts, there are many that I have assimilated. The, the verse runs through my veins. It's the living word. It's the living person. It results in more of him and less of me. The word made flesh is enfleshed in us and flows from us. And I have a value and a vision for learning scripture. And yes, it is a discipline that becomes a desire and becomes a delight. Now, uh, Discipline is another one of those words. There we are. Uh, is another one of those words that, ooh, discipline? Ooh, I don't know about discipline. That's a bit fanatical. That's a bit hardcore. Uh, I don't want to come to church on Sunday morning after having a bit of tea and toast and people talking about discipline. Well, let's get a bit of context for this. Let's put our, our headsets on and have a look at it. So uh, a little example of uh, or this, is, this is what Dallas Willard uh, says about discipline, which I find extremely helpful. Uh, disciplines are activities within our power that enable us to accomplish what we cannot do by direct effort. Disciplines are activities within our power that enable us to accomplish what we cannot do by direct effort. The effect of discipline is to enable us to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. A demonstration, ladies and gentlemen. This is called a single calf raise. Okay, that was the right leg. Let me show you the left leg. And for those listening in podcast, that is an idiot holding on to a, uh, a lectern and going up on one foot on the, uh, with one leg on his toes. So... My story is that um, when I uh, started to uh, try and do sprint triathlons, I would keep pinging a muscle in my, in my calf. It would never be the same uh, muscle, not necessarily the same leg. Uh, it wouldn't be, it never, ever happened when it was going flat out. I could just be juggling, oh, ping something. I would end up walking five uh, kilometers home because I'd, I'd ping something in my leg. I'd have to not... Uh, run for a while and rest it up and then start training. So my training was interrupted and I uh, read somewhere about a little bit of strength training and that awesome, really intense cardiovascular single calf raise is what I did. And I started it last season and guess how many injuries I've had to my calves in the last season? Uh, uh, zippity doo -dah. I haven't had any. Now, does doing that very exciting a uh, little exercise, which is a discipline, actually make me run faster? Am I running faster as a result? Can I make myself run faster and not pop my leg, uh, calf muscles as a result? No, I can't. But the discipline helps me to accomplish something that I cannot do by direct effort. Uh, and our efforts, uh, Willard goes on to say, our efforts towards him are met by his actions towards us. And that action towards us is grace. He comes and meets us with grace. And as we manage to memorize and assimilate the verse and develop 
a heart-engaging habit, then we grow and we're transformed. Back to uh, personal uh, testimony uh, uh, for me about uh, memorization and assimilation. It's a discipline for me, and it becomes a desire and then a delight. Am I constantly learning Scripture? No. I have seasons that are on and seasons that are off, but we are currently in the season where it's on. And come on, it's one verse per week. It's not going to kill us. We just need to keep it going round in our head. I tried all kinds of things. I tried uh, learning, and uh, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Maybe it's just the next bit of my, my notes. Because uh, I've got, oh yes, right. Because I, I definitely don't want to miss this bit. Because this bit, get this, spirit to spirit, get what I'm saying. If you get this bit, we are flying. So many verses, I really don't know the exact words. I, I really don't. Uh, but I've attempted to learn them, and the process of learning them, that has left the fruit of transformation. Sometimes it's been obvious because I've got it, and I go, wow. Sometimes it's not been so obvious. But as those verses have flowed through my mind as I tried to learn them, they have made a transformative difference to me. I have been transformed in the process, and the process has left a residency, a possession in my spirit. And the fundamental, the fundamental, the fundamental product of this process is a yada gnosko know him. I know him. A yada gnosko know him. Now, here's the cute slide. Judah, our number Five, right? Not bragging, just testifying. When I walk into the room, that wee fella, he drops everything. He sees his papa, his eyes light up, and he's scurrying on his uh, hands and knees, as in that, that photograph, to get this papa, because it's papa. It's papa. I love my papa. Now he's, he's walking and he's, he's trying to get the, uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's also, as he's learning, he does this thing where he sort of winds up and then he, he kind of uh, gets forward. But he, Yara Gnosko, knows me. He doesn't know really anything about me. He doesn't know that I am uh, Leah's father. He knows there's a relationship there, but he couldn't explain that. He doesn't know that I'm preaching here this morning. But he, Yara Gnosko, knows me, and I call him my best boy. Hold on a second. What number is he in the grandson list? And he's your best boy? As another grandmother furrows her brow slightly. Because I call all my grandsons, when they're in my arms, my best boy. Can you get that? Your father in heaven, it's... it's Blows your mind how we, we in, in the billions that have been uh, before us, uh, living now and yet to come, God can call us the apple of his eye. You're my best boy. Well, as a, 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 a human father, I can do that. I have no problem holding uh, Judah in my arms and go, you're my best boy. I have no problem doing that. I have no problem uh, saying to Noah, uh, he's a bit taller, ruffling his hair, you're my best boy. Or the rest of them, you're my best boy. That's the father. And I know that father. I am secure. I am accepted. I am significant. I know him. And that's the fundamental fruit of going on the journey of assimilating Scripture. And then again, just like Christ did in the wilderness, we can say, Scripture says, and we can shut the enemy up. And we don't even have to know the exact words. We just have to own it. I don't even have to engage with you about whether he's with me or not, because I know he's with me. So there's no point you trying to accuse me. In fact, I'm not listening to you, because I know, even though things are difficult, you are with me all the time. You have collected my tears over the years. You know me, you love me, and there is no chance that you will ever, 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 ever leave me or forsake me. Now, the enemy is standing 
with spears, whatever way you want to think of it, words, uh, text messages, whatever it is, and he wants to have a go. I am not playing. I am not interested because I yada gnosko know that that is not working because it's not true and the truth will set us free. Memorizing a verse is not about the syntax of the verse, the way the words are put together. It's not the syntax of the words. It's the spirit of the verse. Does the Holy Spirit connect with my spirit and deliver the punchline? The punchline. Crushed spirit. It's a, cru- it's a crushed spirit. It's a crushed spirit. What is the first? A su- a su- uh, uh, what's the? Doesn't matter. It's a crushed spirit. I am armed. I am ready. And I am not taking it. Because I have got it. Because I have connected to the spirit. It's a bit dramatic, but are you getting it? I own it. And if we get this, we have got it. So we kill the questions. We don't need the exact words. We need the yada, gnosko, know the truth. And that truth will set us free. Also, just a little freebie. If you have a random verse, the technology we have now, you just Google it to find out the verse. What's that verse about? Uh, all things good. Verse, all things good, boom. There's a list here. There. Oh, there it is there. You look it up. Oh, there it is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All things are good. How to memorize and assimilate. What works for you? Discipline yourself to just do it. Start small. It's one verse a week. Don't be afraid to be creative. Don't be afraid to experience. Don't be afraid to uh, experiment and don't be afraid to go, that's not working, I'm going to try something else. That's absolutely fine. Work out what works for you. And don't be in a rush. Let the words soak, suck on them, meditate on them, let them flow through you so that you own them. So my testimony would be, and when I journal sometimes when I'm writing a verse out, so it's got strength, the, the entire half page is strength. I like flashcards, so I put them on, I like, I like to feel them, sometimes when I'm trying to learn the verse, I'm hitting the bit of the card, or I'm, I'm flicking it with my finger, I'm just trying to, to get something that helps me to get it in, to, to get a handle on it. I act them out sometimes, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spread. Do you think I own that verse? Do you think I got that verse? How have I got that verse? I have got that verse from the experience of of learning, from the experience of living life when he's coming at me and I go, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and feet shod with the gospel of peace and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth, not directed towards the enemy because it's not about him. If you try to have a conversation with truth about the enemy, he'll be like sucking you in. Really? Really? I've also done shouting. Strength! Just to try and... We're physical people. I'm a physical person. I find that helps. Singing. As you start to learn scripture, that's, that's the verse. I didn't know that was a verse in scripture. And suddenly, and then you can sing that and you can help, it helps you to assimilate because that's actually scripture. Or it's a paraphrase of scripture. I didn't know it. Who knew? And that's what they're doing. And modern worship songs, old worship songs, uh, in Christ alone, is in Christ alone, the Getty song, that's just jam-packed full of scripture. Super slow reading. That's a good one for letting it soak in, for sucking on it, for, for meditating on the Lord. The Lord is, present tense, is, present tense, today, now, is, is, my, my shepherd. Play around with things. 
It's actually got, and I think it's uh, Lectio Divino, or it's actually got a Latin term. It's a well uh, commonly used uh, practice. Seasons, seasons on. We are learning verse. I used to uh, try and read, uh, learn seven verses in a row. When I got the seven verses in, in a row learned, I had a pack of seven cards. Then I would uh, put them away and, and start to learn again. If you'd asked me a week later what were the seven verses, I probably would struggle to be able to tell you what they were. But there was a process in learning that that has brought transformation. So this week's Lifesaver is, uh, where is Isaac? Isaac, you're up. We'd like to deliver the cards. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. We're giving you flashcards for this. Philippines 4, verse 8. There's a lot of words. I've highlighted the eight main words in the verse. There are 11 digits in your phone number. 11. It's all a relative how we look at things. I couldn't pause. Like, there's a lot of words. Like, there's a lot of words. You just take it down. If just uh, leave it out on the table outside, that'll be grand. Thank you. Oh, I've got one. Thank you. Does the Holy Spirit connect with our spirit to deliver the punchline? It's not about words. It's about the life those words impart. It's not about prose. It's about a person. So what is the punchline? The punchline is filter. It's a filter. It's a filter. You might want to learn that. It will work for me. It's a filter, 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 filter. Whatever is true, filter. Whatever is noble, filter. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is praiseworthy or excellent, think about such things. It's a filter. Get it. Because if you get it, you have got it. The climber. Climbing up suddenly loses. Ah! And he falls down. It catches. Ah! He's hanging there. And then we walk up as they're hanging there. So you see the thing that's attached to the top there in the cliff? What, what do you actually call that? He's going, ah, I, I have no idea what it is. But it's a lifesaver. You get it? It's not necessarily the order of the words. I'm not saying don't learn the words. It doesn't have to be the order of the words. It's the function. Have you got the punchline? Is it a filter? If you can recite it and your mind is full of the biggest nonsense ever, it's a pointless exercise. You've just memorized it. It hasn't achieved its purpose. So, what is going on in those minds of ours? Have we a snow globe that hasn't been shaken? Or do you experience a lot of the time it's just, it's almost like a whiteout. There's just so much stuff. This doesn't work quite as well because it doesn't actually settle. But when, it, when it's shaken, it's just mad. Problem is that the, the little pieces uh, float in the top, but it doesn't quite work. But the middle bits, they're, they're steady. Despite the shaking, we are in a season of shaking, shaking, shaking. You name the crisis, they're, they're coming thick and pass, fast. The Israel Gaza war, my goodness, is that the end of the world? My goodness. And we're being shaken all the time. Shaking, shaking, shaking all the time. And we have a choice as to whether our minds are going to filter and stay calm and experience the mystery of inner peace while all around is going crazy or not having our filter and being shaken, shaken, shaken. The shaking can be caused by the ranting of our soul. It can be caused by the uh, pervasive 
pressure of the world. It can be caused by the accusation of the enemy. The fruit of assimilating this verse is the peace mentioned either side of it in verse 7 and verse 9. And I just realized the time. I'm very sorry that I'm going on, but we're getting near the end, and you'll like the end. Uh, the whole passage in Philippians 4, 6-9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. 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 Rick Rayner says, and the peace of God, a peace so, this is his paraphrase, and the peace of God, a peace so wonderful that it cannot be compared to any other type of peace, a peace that stands in a category by itself and rises far above and goes beyond anything the human mind could ever think, reason, imagine, or produce by itself, will stand at the entrance of your heart and mind, working like a guard to control, monitor, and screen everything that tries to access your mind, heart, and emotions. It's the mystery of inner peace with the external shaking. Ayata Gnosko Noam. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. These These Thoughts are coming, filter, filter, filter. Is it true? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it noble? Is it admirable? Is it praiseworthy? Is it excellent? Is it? So just for a second, think of your worst fear. Think of your, the thing that causes you the greatest anxiety. Think of the, the accusation that keeps going around your head. You fill in the blanks. And if you got those blanks filled in very quickly, in transparency and in love, you're not as far on the journey of mind matters as you should be. Because if you're tolerating or accepting the fact, <laughs> so it is, I mean, you, but you don't know my, my situation. I don't have to know your situation because you don't know my situation and the difficulties that I have to face. And we're all experiencing the external shaking, but the invitation is peace beyond all understanding. The process fills our minds with the words of life, and the words of life are the word of of life. The process becomes a person. He possesses us and becomes our peace. Will you stand with me, please? Could I have the worship collective up? I've gone on uh, far too long. Apologies. Uh, hopefully, those that are listening on the podcast have managed to get to the end of, of the podcast. I want to throw one more thing in. Uh, and it requires us to look at our, our worldview, and that is the exercise of the gift of tongues is extremely helpful in actually using this verse because it fills our mind with the things of the Spirit. And in my uh, experience and my belief is it is not possible to have thoughts in your head as you exercise the gift of tongues. Now, for the, the worldview, uh, uh, for, for some people, the gift of tongues uh, throws things up, maybe from our, from our past, maybe we don't have an experience of it, uh, and we know, as we've been taught, that tongues are not for today. That's what's in our head. Or maybe we've got past that, but there's still a residue of that. Tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Given in the list in 1 Corinthians 12. And it means communicating with God beyond our rational minds, spirit to spirit, and it builds up faith in the spirit of the believer. And unless we place a restriction on the canon of Scripture outside Scripture, we have to redact Scripture for it not to exist today. It is available today and it is available right now. And if you'd like to receive that, we will give you the opportunity to receive that as we do our ministry. 
So some questions for your response and consideration. Would you like to travel further on the journey of discipline to desire to delight? Do you need the filter of Philippines 4, 8 installed or serviced in your mind? And are you longing for the peace of God within? Amidst the shaking that is all around you, in your personal life, in your community life, in your global life as a human being in this planet. If you can answer yes to any of those questions, please come forward. And as usual, we're going to worship. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.